Good morning, church. How are you? Good? I only heard a couple people that are good. Are the rest of you mediocre? <laughs> well, we're glad to hear, see you guys this morning. Let's all stand and let's pray and welcome the Holy Spirit in here today. Lord Jesus, we thank you for meeting us here. We thank you for this church. We thank you for the people in it. And Lord, we thank you for your presence here. So we ask you, Holy Spirit, to come into this place now. Come and move among us. You are welcome here. We want you here, Jesus. And I just pray that you'll move in our hearts and in our minds and that we will be teachable this morning so that you can come in and start transforming us in a new way. Lord, we love you, and we're going to give you an offering of praise now, Jesus. So we love you in your name. Amen. come to mind Here's your keys Thoughts you think Not all wasted time Seek and you will find Joy still comes in the morning Hope still walks with the hurting you're still alive and breathing. Praise the Lord. Don't stop dancing and dreaming. Still good news worth repeating. Lift up your head and keep singing. Praise the Lord. The years roll by. We won. Still walks with the hurting. If you're still alive. 
blood pumping a little bit more that's good uh we're gonna go back and we learned a new song last week rescue story you guys remember that one anybody listen to that through the week so many people had called me and kind of touched reached out and said oh that's my story that's what jesus did and i was just like wow it's amazing how god just comes down on somebody puts those words in them and it shows us how he's working that he's alive he's flowing through us and that he's he's rescuing us and sometimes that rescue comes when somebody storms our castle have you ever had somebody come in and just say listen I am here I am walking through this with you you are not by yourself God sets them on that path with you and they walk that hard road. And sometimes his rescue comes that way. Other times it comes when he's quiet and we just have to listen really hard and perch our ears up and pay attention to what he's doing. And other times he swoops in like Superman and takes us out of it. But regardless, he has a plan that he's working goes for our kingdom and, it, and, and he's going to do it in his way in the perfect way that he's going to bring that forth so we're going to sing that song again and teach it to you again just so you can kind of sit in that and listen to him and just understand that he is there with you in each of your individual lives in your individual pain or just where he's taken you sometimes it's joyful too we don't know what he's doing all the time but we can trust him and it's wonderful when we can do that. So we're going to learn that one again this week. And just let it soak into us. Yeah. 
Praise him all day long? Yeah. Yeah, I heard it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I think that was a drummer. <laughs> it was a drummer. <laughs> That's really awesome when you can sit and pray. Praise him even in the in the midst of it all. You guys can have a seat if you if you want to sit down. This morning I woke up. We have puppies in our house. And they have a tendency to cry in the middle of the night. Have you ever had something that you've heard and it enters your dream and it wakes you up? I thought it was screaming kids. That was a little disturbing. So I was awake at four where you guys were all nice and tucked in. But I got to get up and spend some time with Jesus while it was still dark for two and a half more hours. <laughs> but it was awesome because... I just sat in his word for a long time and I turned on Francis Chan and listened to him. He talked about loving people. And I, I was convicted on it because he talked about Paul and how Paul said, you can curse me and you can take away Christ if they will know him, if they get to know him. Wow, that's big. He would give all that up so people could know Jesus. Man, I want to love that way. I want to love enough to be so sacrificial that somebody will come to Christ. It's important. How many think that this society now doesn't love like that? But we as his children that know him we need to love him enough to tell people about him because they need him so much. And sometimes I get in the way of that. So it was a sweet time of being able to sit with him, to call on his name, and to really just focus on who he is. And I just sat there and I thought about this song that we're going to sing. In his great name, Say Jesus with me. Say Jesus. And what are some of his other names? Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh. Another one? Yes. What's another one that we've got? We have so many of his names, we can't count them. I mean, I can't keep track of them. There's so many. We get to call on him. He has an amazing name that we get to call on and we get to share with people. I want to encourage everyone to sit back in that today as we're getting ready for the sermon and preparing our hearts. This is one of the things that we really need to pray over.
Jesus, we thank you for being here today, Lord. Father, I just pray that this time now will be just time that we get to just sit back and soak you in. Soak up your word, soak up your spirit. As we get to fellowship with one another as well, I'm thankful for that, Jesus, that we're meeting in this building. Lord, I pray something new will go into us today. I pray that that seed that you planted two weeks ago will start growing and that we get a new seed today and that you just start making this amazing garden in us. Because we need you, Jesus. There's nothing more important than you. There's nothing better than you coming in and transforming us to be like you. So be with us today. Anoint Pastor Matt, Jesus. And I pray that we will honor you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We have a video to show you first and then a few more announcements. Operation Christmas Child fills uh, shoe boxes at every Christmas for children around the world. Uh, we have the boxes out in the hallway. Pick up a box or two or three or however many you want to fill. Uh, inside the box is an instruction booklet uh, that tells you what you can put in the box or what you can't put in the box. Also, there is uh, an envelope for the shipping fee. The shipping fee is $9.00. When you return the fill box, bring it back to church by November 8th and bring the shipping fee in the envelope and put it in the basket here on the table. Good morning. I'm Nancy Springston. I want to take a moment to introduce to you a new item that we have. It is a Woodland Life Cafe mug. Uh, to enjoy at home and when you do and you have coffee or or cider or some favorite hot beverage out of your mug that you will take time to think about and pray for our church. We would be thrilled to have you buy an extra mug and donate it to the uh, visitor gift bag that we have so that we can give a mug away to visitors so these mugs are $12, and I want you to know that 100% of all sales that go through the cafe out there goes into the cafe fund. And the cafe fund provides for equipment or whatever needed item that we have at the time. So thank you. I hope to see you at the cafe. And I hope you'll come by a mug or two. Oops, there we go. Those are neat mugs, huh? I thought they were really pretty. Uh, just another reminder, 18th we have baptism. So if any of you want to get baptism, do not hold back. If God is tugging on your heart, come forward, talk to Pastor Matt. You can talk to Scott or I, and we would be more than happy to get you set up to um, be baptized. We get really excited at that. So we've already got some people there, and we're excited to have you join them. And then we have new members class starting today at 4.30, and it'll go about an hour, hour and a half or so, so you can come and join that. And then Trunk or Treat this year is on the 30th, not the 31st. And we're doing, if you want to sign up your car, there's sign-ups sign ups out there at the table. You can sign up your car to be Trunk or Treat. If you have a classic car or motorcycle, anything like that, you can sign that up as well. And this year, we are doing a drive-in movie with Monsters, Inc. 
think that will start at 7.30. So you can bring people, bring your neighbors. This is a great time to get people to come to church. So we want to remind you of that. And there's also a worship team kickoff that's going to be on Monday the 12th at 6.30 here in the worship center. So would love to have you there if you're interested at all. Um, we're really after hearts that love to worship Jesus, so feel free to come and join that as well. And then I want to remind everyone, today is communion, so if you didn't get your communion cups, they're in the back on the tables next to the offering plates. And if you'd please remember to give your offering on the way out, there's uh, four offering plates along the back on the tables. So thank you guys so much. You have a great morning. It is good to see you here today. Glad everyone is here with us. And uh, what a great day. What a great time of worship we had together. I, um, I also want to uh, recognize Pastor Brian is here. And uh, we're glad to have him there. He is over here. Pastor Brian, great to have you with us today. Back from Texas. Glad to see that you can dry out a little bit here. I, and <laughs> that's a good thing. Well, today we are continuing in James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. And uh, today, the title of this, this portion of Scripture is Taming the Tongue. Taming the Tongue. Throughout the week as I am preparing, one of the things that I do is I just, just read this portion of Scripture that we're going to be going over, whatever it is coming up this, the coming Sunday. And... It was uh, one evening this week, I just sat down and I thought, I'm going to go ahead and go over this. And I read through this portion of scripture. And right after, you know, and I'd been reading it, I thought, man, this is just one of those that James, when he's speaking to us about, it's not one of the easiest subjects. He's not really optimistic in the midst of this. <laughs> and the way that he shares this portion of uh, the chapter with us. But I thought, well, you know, I need to just absorb this. God, what do you want to speak to, through me to your people? As I sat down, read that, and immediately um, after reading it, you know, again thinking, oh, this one's going to be a fun one. And then the presidential debate comes on. <laughs> Taming the tongue. I mean, I have to say anything more. Maybe I can just stop right there. <laughs> But we, I watched this and I thought, oh my, I tell you it was, and don't hear what I'm not saying, I'm not pointing fingers, or anything. it was just, after watching that, I just was like, I was just sad, I just was sad, that's, that's just the best word that I can use, and I thought to myself, I wouldn't let my kids, well, I didn't let my kids talk to each other that way, and my mind reflected back, and one of the earliest presidential debates you know, that I can remember was between uh, Ronald Reagan and Jimmy Carter. And boy, what a difference between 1980 <laughs> and 2020. There was just this level of respect and decorum uh, in the midst of that debate many years ago. And, uh, and man, I, I see in James here what he was speaking to us and what he's sharing with us is that we need to be really careful with the words that we say. Because our words, whether you believe it or not, our words have power. Everything you say is either breathing life into a situation or it's breathing destruction into a situation. 
It's hard to just have, you know, the middle ground. You're, you're, as a Christian, we are called to be breathing life into others, into the environments and the places that we find ourselves in. I don't know about you, but I have definitely be, been a person who has said something, and immediately I had wished that I could take it back. Have you been there? I think we all have been in that place. I remember one time when Jackie and I were first married and she was sick and I was trying to help her and I thought, you know, I was really funny. I thought that my sense of humor, I still think my sense of humor is really funny, but um, I'm usually the only person laughing. So in the midst of it all, Jackie's laying in bed and she's like, I'm like, how are you doing, honey? She says, I just want to feel better. So I went into the other room and I got a piece of paper and I wrote better on it in big letters. And I went back in and I said, here you go, honey, feel this. <laughs> it went over about that well. <laughs> we've all been there where we've done something or we've said something where we just wish, oh man, I wish I could take that back. I wish I wouldn't have said that. And, uh, and so uh, as we are beginning, and before we get into the, the, the scripture this morning, I, for just a little comic relief this morning, I want to share this video with you, but man, could you imagine, and maybe you've been there, I mean, you have maybe sent a post or sent an email. Thank God Gmail has come up with something where they just give a few seconds for you to think about it, and, you know, and they have an undo button now when you send an email. But could you imagine if maybe you even were sending an email that you probably shouldn't have sent to begin with, but instead of hitting just reply to one, you replied to all? Oh. oh no Rod, you sent this email reply all You hit reply all You know I was wrong You just sent this email to me Could you imagine? <laughs> Well, here's the thing. We have all, again, said something sometime that we just wish that we could truly take back. And, and, and I just want to give you an opportunity this morning as an exercise before we dive into chapter 3. You might want to go ahead and turn there now. But I, say something. I'm going to give you just an opportunity to say something uplifting to someone who's sitting next to you, just to your right or to your left or in front of you. If you just take a moment, say something kind to them. Good job. <laughs> I'm hearing a little bit too much laughing. I didn't say, remember, I didn't say say something true. There's a reason for that. Because I know how some of you are. You'd be like, well, hey, you know what, honey? It looks like you had a seizure when you put on your makeup this morning. And you would say, well, it's true. Well, here's the thing that James is telling us. He says we need to learn to control our tongue. And controlling, our, excuse me, and covering up our hurtful words by saying it's true isn't what he's talking about. In James chapter 3, verse 1, we read these words. Not many of you should become teachers. What an odd way to start. 
I mean, when you come to this portion of Scripture where he's talking about taming the tongue, what an odd place to start. And what was happening actually at this time was uh, that we, we find in the background is evidently in the church that there were a lot of people who really wanted to take on this role of being a teacher. And, and just so you know that this word teacher, it comes from a Greek word called uh, didaskalos. And, and, and basically, it, 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 it is a general term for leader, rabbi, pastor, anyone in a position of influence within the church. He's saying you might want to think twice before you become a, a teacher, a leader in the church, my fellow believers. And there were so many, evidently, at the time, they were like, oh, if I could just get into that position, then everybody will listen to me, and everybody will do what I say. And you say, jump, and they'll say, how high? And, and, and all the pastors here say, yes, it's exactly how it is all the time. <laughs> Not the case, but maybe in this day, it might have been a little bit different. But here's the thing is when he says, not many of you should become teachers, it, 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 it's not about rising up in power. It's about kneeling down in servanthood as you are a leader in the church. And so when he's talking about this, he said, not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers. He's saying, you know, here's the reason why is because if you take on this responsibility, you know that, the, that we who teach will be judged more strictly. And you, some people have come to me and say, okay, is there just like a different set of rules for pastors or for leaders or for teachers? Is there just something is we, you know, your average Christian will be judged by and then when you get to heaven, there's going to be a whole other set of rules? No, I don't think that that's the case at all. As a matter of fact, I think what is being said here is when you are in a position of trust or a position of influence, and, and when, especially as a teacher or a pastor, you can say amen to this, but we say a lot more words than most people within the church. Amen? I mean, your average sermon is going to be you know, 6,000 words or so, and so there's just more that you're going to be held accountable for if you are a position of leadership, of influence, of teaching. But here's one of the things that I really love, and we don't see this too often with James, but he actually lumps himself in with all of us in verse 2, and he says, we all stumble, though, in many ways. We all stumble in many ways. He's basically saying, we, we all have struggled, we all have slipped, we all have made mistakes, we all, we all have stumbled. Anyone who is never at fault, though, at what, in, excuse me, in what they say, is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. You will be held accountable, church, leaders, teachers. You will be held accountable for the things you say, but if you are a teacher, you need to understand that with that greater influence within the body of Christ, there becomes the place where you will have the opportunity and maybe even have this situation arise where you're going to have to account for your influence in the body of Christ. One writer put it this way as he was talking about these things, and he says, you know, if a follower messes up, uh, he may only affect himself, or she may only affect her family, but when a leader makes a mistake, he affects all of his followers. At the judgment seat of Christ, leaders will be required to give an account for what 
we did with our lives and what we did with our influence. But James takes a reflective tone in verse 2. And he says, we all stumble again in many ways, and he lumps himself in. And, but he doesn't do this to take a license or to offer a license for us to make deliberate mistakes. See, he says, I, you know, he, he doesn't give this as just this way of saying, you know what, I'll do it now and ask for forgiveness later. Anyone been there? That's not what he's saying. He's not saying, you know what, I'll fake it till I'll make it, you know. That's not what he's offering a license for in the midst of this. James reveals, though, that there is grace when he says that nobody is perfect. We all stumble, we all trip, we all lose our footing sometimes, and that's unavoidable. But he reveals that the most difficult behavior to perfect is our speech. Teachers, leaders, pastors, we speak all the time. It's part of fulfilling our duties within the church. And no wonder we're going to be judged more strictly. There's a lot more that we're going to be verbally responsible for. But people are listening to you. And so I say to the leaders within this church, those of you who lead here, those of you who may lead in other positions, know this, that people are listening to you and your words have power. Be careful as the song says, little tongue, what you say. We go on, and in verse 3, it says, When we put the bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or he says, or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a swirl of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body sets the whole course of one's life on fire and it is itself on fire by hell all kinds of animals birds reptiles sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind but no human being can tame the tongue it is a restless evil full of deadly poison with the tongue we praise our lord and our father and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. I read this and I think... And, and as I read this over and over, I just think to myself, if you can tame the tongue, if I could tame my tongue, I could tame anything. If you can tame the tongue, you can tame anything. And I want to look at, at what James reveals to us. See, we're reading this portion of Scripture. There are functions of the tongue. There are, there are things that we are being told as we're talking about taming the tongue here. And what are the functions of the tongue? Well, the first one is this that we see revealed is that the tongue is a guide. James refers to the tongue as a horse's bit or a ship's rudder. And I think about that, and he says, you know, such a small thing can cause such massive 
consequences. It can move the whole body. It can turn this whole ship. And, and it can be a guide for us into joy. And it can be a guide for us into destruction. Words can lead us into a fight. And words can guide us into peace. Words can tear down and destroy. Or words can build up and defend. The, the tongue, it is a powerful tool. I've been around and in situations where maybe you've entered into them as well, where you walk into a room or you're in the midst of a, a place where there's a gathering and all of a sudden you start hearing people that are talking loudly, just talking over each other. And the next thing you realize is, you know, the whole tone of, and the whole feel of the at and atmosphere of the room completely changes. Have you been there? You know what I'm talking about. And sometimes... You know, as I listen to some folks, that I realize that the tongue can also be a guide for their tongue, can be a guide for me as well. You've probably experienced that. I've heard some people talk, and the rudder in their mouth is telling me, steer clear of that one. Have you been there? <laughs> but verse 2 reveals to us that if we can control our tongue, we can keep our whole body in check. I mean, there's, these are deep concepts. These are, these are big thoughts that James is giving us. And, and I just want you to take a moment and just think about the weight of that statement. If we can control our tongue, we can keep our whole body in check. An author whose name is Rabbi Joseph Telishkin, he wrote a book called Words That Hurt, Words That Heal. He lectures throughout the United States and, and other countries, and, and he often is talking about the negative impact of words, but he goes and he asks audience, he says to them in the midst of his talks, almost every place that he goes, he says, can you go 24 hours without saying any unkind words about or to another person? And he's asking them for you know, their response. And, and inevitably, there'll be a few that will say, yeah, yeah, I think I can do 24 hours without saying or thinking any unkind thoughts about someone else or to them. But most of the people, usually the, the largest number of people, absolutely call out and say, no, there's no way. I can't make it 24 hours. I can't do this. And there's a lot of laughter and there's a lot of joking. But then Tolushkin, he'll re often respond. He says, you know, those who you, of you who can't answer yes must recognize that you have a serious problem. He says, if you can't go 24 hours without drinking alcohol, then you are a alcoholic. If you can't go 24 hours without you know, smoking a cigarette, then you're hooked. You're addicted to nicotine. And he says, similarly, if you cannot go 24 hours without saying unkind words about others, then you have lost control of your tongue. James tells us that the tongue that is not disciplined, that has not been sanctified, it's a reckless evil. Turns out maybe mom was right after all, huh? If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> hmm. Secondly, the tongue is a sleepless giant. Do you, I don't, 
does your spouse talk in their sleep? I mean, it's, our tongue is so prolific that we can't even stop talking in our sleep. And, and, so, and sometimes it's funny, Jackie, you know, she's talked in her sleep and I've tried to talk with her. Have you ever done that? You know, just try to, hey, it's just kind of fun. It never makes any sense. Normally it's, uh, and, and, and I just don't know what in the world's going on. But anyway, it never works out for me. But here's the thing is our tongue is so powerful. It just doesn't stop. You turn on the news, tongues are wagging nonstop. Everywhere you go. Remember, there's words have power. I'll never forget, and I was, no joke, I was working with a couple, and they came in, and they, the wife was so upset. And I said, well, what went wrong? I mean, what happened? And she said, you wouldn't believe the things that he said about me last night. And I said, what are you talking? What, what did you do? I look at you, what did you do? And he says, don't look at me. I was talking in my sleep. <laughs> and she was holding it, I'm not kidding, holding it against him, what he said in his sleep. But here's the thing. Words have power, church. <laughs> uh, you don't have to, to curse. Some people say, well, I, I've never cursed. In any, I don't yell at people. You don't have to curse and yell to belittle someone. I don't have to curse and yell at you to say things that I know will hurt you. Do you hear me? You stupid, fat excuse for a so-and-so. You don't measure up. Why aren't you more like so-and-so over there? Didn't say one curse word. But it can still hurt, right? Your words, church have power. And as the church, as people who represent Jesus Christ, who represent our Lord, our words hold heavy weights. You've heard the saying, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt me. So untrue. <laughs> James says the words of your tongue can be like a fire. It can be like a restless evil. And in fact, you could say a few words to me today. You could just, as I leave here today, you could say a few words to me that would just devastate me. Everyone in this room has that power. You could say a few words like that to your spouse or to your kids or to a total stranger. It could just devastate them. But on the other hand, you could say a few words to me that would just make my day. <laughs> you have the power right now to make someone's day. Anyone in this room right now has the power to to say something that would lift up another individual or to destroy them with your tongue. As a matter of fact, right now, any one of you could stand up and say something that would wreck this whole service. Have you thought of that? Maybe I shouldn't have given you that thought. <laughs> hmm. The power of our tongue. Your words have power. Proverbs 18.21 says this to us. It says, the tongue has the power of life and death. 
And when you think about that, you you realize that the average person speaks around 60,000 words a day. The average pastor, about 120,000 words a day. (laughs) And then there's Keith Lands, who maybe 60 words a day. <laughs> I, I I've got to know Keith, and I, mean, I just he's he's a quiet individual. There's nothing wrong. With it. He'll have less to be accountable for than I do. <laughs> but here's the thing: of all those sixty thousand words that we speak on average during the day, it only takes three or four of those words to totally destroy a person. And any time I use my tongue to tear someone else down. I'm going to ask you, and you know this already, but I'm going to ask you, who is then in control of my tongue? Anytime I use my words or my tongue or the the things that I say to tear someone else down, who is in control of that? It tells us in this chapter, it's the power of hell. When we tear others down with our words, we're revealing that our tongue is on fire by hell. Remember, Peter with Jesus. Jesus is revealing that he's going to go to the cross and he's giving this plan and he's sharing with the disciples, this is what's going to happen. This has to take place. And Peter goes to him, Jesus, may it never be. I mean, and and he says, you you can't do this. This can't happen. I'm not going to allow it. And what does Jesus say to Peter? Get behind me, Satan. That was Peter himself, actually. Satan, no. But the words that he was being said that were coming from his tongue were not being controlled by the Father above. Well, you may say, well, Peter was just sharing his opinion. Peter was just sharing his feelings. But what he was saying was destructive. Every time you are sharing your opinion, every time you post, every time you send an Instagram, every time you tweet, You are teaching. You are influencing. Be careful to be sure that whatever you say is prayed over, is bathed in God's blessing, and is pure in its intent before you say it. And I say be careful because even though James has done an amazing job, here in this portion of scripture, revealing how destructive a careless tongue can be. We also know, church, how amazingly enriching that a tongue can be if it's used in a godly way. I mean, words spoken through the fruit of the Spirit, it's an amazing thing. I mean, <laughs> when you see somebody this morning, just this morning, I'm walking across the parking lot and an individual comes and he pulls in and he kind of yells out from the window and says, hey, I need to talk to you. And we walk up to over here to where this little memorial park is up here. And we walk to where someone who he loves just is, is, is there. Their remains are there. And they're hurting and they're struggling and there's tears. And in that moment, I could have been like, oh, you know what, I... I have to get over there. I have lots to do over at the church. I, there's lots of important things that need to happen. I need to make sure that this is taken care of. I, 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 I'll be praying for you, brother, as I go. Or I could stop and I could take a moment and allow God to help me to breathe life into a situation. That's more important. Amen? 
That's more important. And so as we stood there together over a loved one and prayed and cried together, God entered in because the words of our mouths were speaking life together. It can happen anywhere. It can happen when you least expect it. Last week when I talked about you having my hair cut, there were words of life that God was speaking into that situation. But I have to ask myself, am I open to that opportunity? Am I looking for those opportunities? Am I willing to stop and say, whatever I'm doing is not as important as investing in this individual? Amen? That's who we are, church. The tongue is also a gauge. What you say reveals your heart. It's been said that, that the tongue is the gauge of our spiritual maturity. Matthew 15, 19, it says to us these words. It says, but what comes out of the mouth gets its start in the heart. What comes out of the mouth gets its start in the heart. But, but if, we, if we can bridle our mouths, if we can do that, then here's the amazing things. We can bridle our whole body. You see, our words reveal our thoughts. But our thoughts reveal our heart. And our heart reveals who is running the show, which reveals my spiritual maturity or my lack thereof. Words, church, are a powerful gauge. Remember the words of Genesis that said that God spoke the world into existence? It's powerful. And those same words that spoke creation into existence, if God is within us, if he's living in us, if his Holy Spirit is running the show, then guess what? Those are the same words, the same spiritual power that can breathe life into dark places that we find ourselves in. We can speak life into our world. We can speak blessing into our church, into our community, into our work, into our family, into our friends. It's amazing to me, and maybe some of you have known this, but Mary McNally, this week she, she suffered a, just a minor but, but, a, but a serious heart attack. And today she's not able to be with us, but I, I was able to talk with her on the phone, and, and she, I mean, her her attitude was so good. I mean, she was telling me, you know, I'm just trying to help her and say, you know, things to, that I'm hoping, you know, will just be peaceful and refreshing. And, and, and she's actually building me up, thanking me, saying, you were, you're, thank you so much. And I really appreciate this. I came away, I, I think, probably feeling better than she did. <laughs> But maybe you've been in that situation where you've been really hurting or sick or in the hospital and someone's called you and they just say, you know, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying because my uncle had those same symptoms. As a matter of fact, he died two hours after he told it to me. Yeah. That's not breathing life into the situation. Our words are powerful, church, and today so many discouraging and so many degrading words are spoken that it's revealing to us that our nation's moral compass is way off. And then I remember the words of Jesus that talk about the least of these. 
Because you see, it's the most vulnerable in our nation who are watching. It's the most vulnerable in our nation whose hearts are probably hurting the most. And you know what he said, you know, it would be better to put a millstone around your neck and throw yourself into the ocean than to hurt one of the least of these. And yet our culture is pervasively just sharing words and thoughts and ideas that are just so destructive. One of the leading causes of suicide in young girls is bullying. And a girl by the name of Rosalie Avila was found in her room by her mother just a couple of years ago. She hung herself. She left notes apologizing to her mom and dad how sorry she was, but she said, but I just don't want to live. And this is what her mother said, just two months before, just lively and bubbly and just so happy and full of life, she said, but for the past two months, and they couldn't figure it out, they don't know why, but something's happening in her, and she's not happy, and she's, uh, she's always down, and, she's always, and they, she wouldn't talk to them, she wouldn't share, but... But what was happening is she was constantly at school being bombarded by hateful words about her braces and about her appearance and about that general awkwardness of being at the age of 13 for a young girl. And, and it just constantly came and constantly, and it began to plant seeds in her heart and in her mind. And next thing you knew, she was feeling like life's not even worth living anymore. One of those bullies even mocked her mother after she died for having to bury her own daughter. Loose words, church, they kill every day. Gossip, it can kill relationships. Critical attitudes can cripple hearts. And, and there's a powerful word that James shares Addressing this, he says these words, he says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. I look at this young girl and I think she's beautiful. She's a beautiful young girl. This should never have happened. It once is too many times for something like this to happen. And, and even in the midst of our church and our teen group, I guarantee you there's probably kids who have experienced bullying. But here's what I find the joy in that, in the midst of that. In this is that when they come to this church, when they come to Woodland Life Center, they hear words of life. I thank God that we have a good teen pastor who loves the kids. I thank God that when you walk into this room that you, I believe, I'm sure, I'm just confident of it, you've heard some good things, some good words, some good news, because what is controlling the tongues of this place is a whole lot different than what is controlling the tongues beyond these walls. Amen? Someone might say, well, I've never cursed anyone. But I want you to understand that cursing is more than a four-letter word. Did you hear me? Have you been unkind? Have you been harsh? Have you been arrogant? Have you been rude? We all have. I have. And so have you. And we have, when we have been that way, we have been a curse to the one who is on the receiving end of our lack of Christ-likeness. But the good news is, church, is this, 
is that when we are walking in step with the Spirit of God, we speak life into others. When we are walking in step with God's Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit is being revealed through us, we are speaking life into our world. Proverbs 15.4 says this. It says, a gentle tongue is a tree of life. Think about that. A gentle tongue is a tree of life. This is you, church. You are Woodland Life Center. And the life in WLC is Jesus Christ. Amen? We are his church, and we are the center for life and encouragement for Wood in Woodland Park. As a matter of fact, when people come here, I mean, one of the things that we should definitely hear is, you know what, that is a church that lifts us up, that's a church that loves on me, and we do not look like what Paul was talking about so many years ago. Because we're learning the lesson, excuse me, what James was talking about, because we are learning the lesson of what James is saying to us today. And we're being led and our tongues are being controlled by something different than what he was revealing. There was a Harvard study that showed it takes six positive comments to overcome one negative comment in an individual. But I want to tell you, church, I believe that you and I are up to the challenge. It would not surprise me if every one of you at least adds value to one person, at least to one person every day by sharing something that's a godly, life-giving word with them. And if that's the case, let's just say that, you know, for, we'll just round it down to 100. If there's 100 people in this room, let's just say that that's the case, then that means that every week we are representing 700 life-giving, godly words. The power in those words, church, will change a community. With that, I say that the function of the tongue is a godly tongue. is a life-giving tongue. The difference between a destructive tongue and a life-giving tongue is simply who is in control of it. And so I ask you today, who is in control of your tongue? If God is controlling your tongue, then guess what? Your whole body will be in check. That's what James is revealing. You'll be thinking in godly ways because God is in control of your life. And Philippians 4.8 will be revealed in you because constantly people will realize that you are always thinking about whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy, that you are thinking about those things. And someone here might be saying to yourself, I want to think like that. I want to be like that. I want to think in a way that it would be pleasing to God. I want to share life-giving words. But, but how do I get my tongue under control? How do I reverse this thinking that I have in my life? And I want to say that I don't believe that it's beyond the realm of reality to say that some, including myself, in our world need to have our mouths sanctified. Oh, boy. That's crazy talk. No, that's good preaching. I just say it. <laughs> What that means is that we need to have words that our mouth should be set aside for words that are godly, that are life-giving, that are enriching, and that the, the, from our, the words of our mouth, if it's true that from the words of our mouth comes the abundance of our heart, then we need purified and sanctified hearts as well. Hearts that have settled the question of who is in charge and who is calling the shots. 
Because if God is calling the shots, then the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart is going to reveal it. You can't reverse your thoughts and words on your own. But scripture reveals that that God can transform your thoughts and words and actions, that you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I don't know about you, but I believe that if our mind, and if, if it's transformed, as a matter of fact, I just believe that our world needs a church that has transformed minds. In fact, our whole world needs their minds to be transformed by the power of God. But it starts with me. I've got to make the decision. It starts with me. And you as well, becoming people who speak life and light into darkness. Our world is desperate for life-giving words. Life-giving words of amazing grace that saves and sanctifies. And I want you to know, as we approach communion right now, and I'm going to ask Todd if you come forward, as we approach communion, I want you to just give thought to your heart, to your words, to what you have been meditating on, what gets the lion's share of your attention, and how is that flowing through you? Because church, I want you to remember that your words are powerful. And when we take communion, it's like the the word come union. And basically, one of the reasons why we just take a moment to reflect and think about our heart, and we ask God, search me, O Lord. Know my ways. See if there be any impure thing within me. Because we want to root that out. Because church, Woodland Life Center, you are a powerhouse when you are in the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. And your words make a difference. Your words make a difference. So today, when I want to just remind you, uh, just real quick, just a practical instruction. When you go to open this, just make sure you open that clear cellophane at the top first. Because the thing is, if you pull up that purple part, you will hardly, it, it'll be almost impossible to get that wafer out. So just peel back that, that clear part, and it's not easy. But once you do, it will reveal the, the wafer in there. And you can just have that ready. But before we enter into communion today, would you just take a moment and just ask the Lord to reveal to you a new word for today. There are some of you right now who are needing a life-giving word from the Lord. Uh, Come union. There are some of you right now who have been wrestling with maybe your speech or some things you said or wish that you could take something bad that you said before. There's forgiveness in Jesus Christ and there's a new day in him tomorrow. Come union. Maybe some of you have been just challenged and thought, I don't ever want to say a word like that. I don't ever want to be known 
in the same way that James was speaking. I want to be known as a life giver. God, sanctify my heart, my mind, my mouth. May it be set apart for your use and for your life-giving work only. Come, union, today. And maybe there might be even somebody here today who might say, I, I don't, I've been listening to what you've said. I don't even know the Lord is my Savior. I I've, I'm really have struggled with, with things, and I've even struggled with people who have said, you know, they're Christian, but they've words and their actions maybe they didn't line up i want you to know do not judge my savior by me because i'm fallible if i boast in anything i'm just like paul i boast in the fact that our lord jesus christ is greater and how amazing how wonderful he is we are all broken but god is putting us back together and if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, maybe today is the day. What a better time than through communion to just come to the altar, find him right where you are, maybe even there in your seat. Give your heart to the Lord and accept his gift of forgiveness and ask him to empower you to be a life giver as you move forward. Heavenly Father, as we approach this time of communion, we are asking you, Lord, to do a work in us, maybe that we were not even expecting, even up until a minute ago, Lord. I pray, God, that if you are, whatever your will is to be done, I pray that it will be done in this moment. I pray, God, that the power of your Holy Spirit will bring peace right now to those who need peace. For those of you may need convicted, I pray for conviction. For those of us who need a challenge, I pray for challenge. But most of all, I pray, God, that you will help us to reflect you. Fill us, Lord. I pray that through this communion time that we will be filled truly by who you are and be able to be broken out with pure hearts into our community. We pray these things in Jesus' name, and we thank you for the gift. So if you take that wafer with me right now, I want you to know that it represents the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was broken for you, preserving you blameless unto everlasting life. Eat this in remembrance that Christ died for you and be thankful today. Now you can take the rest of that tab and pull it back. The juice in this cup, it represents the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. It was shed for you. It was, we're told in scripture that it's been shed for every person who ever has lived, who is living today, and who ever will live. May this blood preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Drink this in remembrance that Christ died for you and be thankful.
even when we've said things that we wish we could take back, even when we've done things and screwed up, isn't it amazing? Isn't it wonderful how God gives us his amazing grace? I mean, it's a thing, is that as tough as it is for you and for me, as hard as we have it sometimes, with, with the ups and the downs, God's grace is amazing enough that he can not only cover my mistakes, but he can also make this wretch something good. That's amazing grace. Would you stand with me as we close with this song? If you want to come pray, you can feel led to pray, you can do that. There'll be a group of people here that will pray for you. But lift your hearts and let the words of your mouth this morning be life-giving through these words. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. T'was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears That grace appeared the hour I first believed. My chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy. Unending love, amazing grace. The Lord has promised good to me. His word, my hope, secures. He will my shield and hold. on the horizon you say ah the days are so so tough but there's hope in Jesus Christ and in his amazing grace the earth shall soon dissolve like snow the sun forbear to shine 
that even in the midst of James' words that are a warning that you give us and breathe into us life, you help us to see, God, how we are life-giving people and that the middle word of our name of our church, God, reveals who you are, Woodland Life Center. Thank you for being our life, God. Help us to be the life and the light of the world as we walk beyond these doors. And together we say in Jesus' name, Amen. Are you glad you've been to church today? It's been good with the Lord. It's been good. Thank you. If you want to meet with me, I'll be over here to my left, your right. If you'd like to talk or if you're new, I'd love to meet with you today. God bless you. You're dismissed in his grace today. sinner lost and left to die raise your head for love is passing by come to Jesus come to Jesus come to Jesus and live now your burdens lifted and carried far away and precious blood has washed away the stain so sing to Jesus sing to Jesus sing to Jesus and live like a newborn baby don't be afraid to crawl Remember when you walk, sometimes we fall So fall on Jesus, fall on Jesus Fall on Jesus and live 
Sometimes the way is lonely and steep and filled with pain. So if your sky is dark and pours the rain, then cry to Jesus. Cry to Jesus. Cry to Jesus. Oh, and when the love spills over and music fills the night. When you can't contain your joy inside, then dance for Jesus. Dance for Jesus. Dance for Jesus. And live. And with your final heartbeat, kiss the world goodbye. Go in peace and laugh on glory's side And fly to Jesus Fly to Jesus Fly to Jesus And